0: From Parkway Church in Kurana, this is the Parkway Podcast. Our prayer is that this message blesses and encourages you today as you listen. If you would like to know more information on who we are as a church, you can visit our website, weareparkway.com. You know, this has been a, a very interesting season. And I couldn't help but echo Pastor Mitch's heartbreak as he, as he was praying over the things that we've come across recently. And the things that... That unfortunately, I believe break God's heart just as much and actually more than they break our heart. For those of you who are grieving, I want you to know that my heart goes out to you. I know that doesn't mean much as a stranger, but grief is one of those things that unites us all. And we all feel and know that pain. And so I just want to encourage you that one of the things I love about our God is that he is with you when you go through these seasons and that you never have to go through it alone. And, and of course, you know, as I'm, as I'm beginning to kind of get back into what I used to do for a living, which was travel around and get to speak at different places and engage with youth pastors and youth groups, you know, I've got this glimmer of hope that we're coming to the end of a very difficult season. But as we're coming to the end of this difficult season, I can't help, to be completely honest with you, I can't help but reflect on on what, what we've gone through and some of the things that that I believe God could do through some of the challenging seasons. And so the first thing I wanna, I wanna say before I even get too deep in here is I want you to know that I understand that pain is real and and as i'm about to tell you uh, about shifting perspectives and looking at things differently what i what i don't want this to come across as is because you don't know me i'm i'm going to give you the disclaimers up front i don't want you to feel like oh he does, he's just you know up in his ivory tower i don't even know what that means i don't have an ivory tower i don't have ivory in my home or a tower so i'm not from an ivory tower but i don't want you to think oh he doesn't know us he doesn't know what real life is and so you know he's he's you know, just telling us, you know, cheer up. It's going to be okay. No, that's not what I'm trying to say. But, um, but I want to encourage you. We've all missed out on things in this season. Uh, as a matter of fact, I was reflecting on what some of the bigger things that I've missed out on. And obviously, I missed out on connecting with youth pastors and doing some of the events that we do. Um, you know, gathering students together, which is one of my favorite things in the world. Um, but even personally. Um, you know, I had, I had two separate trips out to Eastern Canada that were canceled. We had planned this amazing vacation to Florida that we were going to take my daughter and we were going to wake her up on her birthday and surprise her and, and get on a plane and go to Florida. And we were so excited and that got uh, kiboshed, for lack of a better word, because of this pandemic. And there's all kinds of little things we've missed out on. Um, But because the honest thing and the interesting thing that I've been doing recently is kind of reflecting on that and seeing that because I'm not traveling, because I'm not doing these things, I actually have opportunity for other things. You see, during this pandemic, I actually moved. If you, wanna, like, if you want a story about doing something stupid, I moved during this pandemic, during lockdown, like right at the beginning. I, I apologize if anybody's offended by me, my use of the word stupid, but I'm describing myself, so hopefully we're okay with that. But um, I, I decided to sell my house. And so we somehow managed to navigate that and it actually happened. And as we were moving, um, we were looking at the new house and and because of the way everything shook down, we had an option. Hey, should we spend a little bit of the money we made off our other house and invest in the kitchen or should we invest in the backyard? Because the kitchen needed some upgrades, the backyard needed some upgrades and we're like, what should we do? What should we do? And I'm so thankful that we chose the backyard because I've spent most of the last 15 months in it because of lack of traveling, because I'm not out on the road a lot. And so we put in an, a, a small above-ground pool, which is awesome. Uh, and I've actually been in that pool more than the pool in my two houses previous. Um, and it's like, I've just had time to be with my family. I've had time to, to connect. And, and this year has been crazy for us. But in many ways, you know, thinking of those of us who've remained safe I, I, I've i been forced to kind of change my perspective and look at this as a bit of a pause. As a bit of a pause, like what are the things that I can learn in this season? And I mean, the biggest one is to slow down, right? Um, I've, I, you know, I, I always use the student analogy. You know, I've been talking with different students and and you're like, this would have been a crazy year of competitions whether you're on the in the band or sports teams or dance competitions like sometimes we're so busy with those things that we miss what's right in front of us or for us as adults I mean how how if we reflect on this season how great is it in this, and I use that word hesitantly, but how great is it that we've had the opportunity to not be running off to other meetings? As I said, part of my job is literally traveling all over the province, because another trip that was canceled that I didn't mention was one to Sault Ste. Marie, or to Sudbury, or some of those northern communities that I get to serve uh, the pastors there in, and it's like, instead, I've been able to spend time with my family and connect, and it's like, you know, there's less meetings or the meetings are on Zoom. This is one of the great things. Like, I know we all hate electronic meetings. I get that. But it's like what used to be an hour drive and then an hour and a half meeting and then an hour drive home turns into a 45-minute Zoom call and you're like, okay, I could get used to this. Like, not, not the whole thing and I get the, and I'm not saying, hey, life is better, but there's, there's some things that I feel like we can maybe get used to and not go back to. I was thinking like, what are some things that we are not gonna go back to once everything kinda opens up? Now, the, the first instance, and these are just kinda fun, but the first one that came to me as, as I was thinking, as you saw the picture of my family there, my daughter just turned 12. And at her birthday, we had a birthday cake. And on that birthday cake, we put candles, and we lit those candles. And I have to tell you, I felt really weird when she blew out the candles. Like, should I eat this cake now? I mean, she's my daughter, so we're in close proximity, but it's like, I feel like there's things like that that we're gonna cut out. If I were to give you some silly examples, I'd be like, sharing a drink. I don't know if you're like me. I'm very like, hey, can I have a sip of that? Like, can I just have a sip? No, I don't need the whole thing. I just want a sip. You want your own? No, 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 let me just have a sip. Or um, <laughs> another really big one for me is carrying things in my mouth. So I'll be like carrying my iPad, and I'll just be like, oh, I'll put my, I'll just kind of, and, I know, none of you do that because you're like sane, but I, I I do that all the time because I never want to make a second trip. And so you're like, oh, now I have to second guess. I'm even right now second guessing. Where did that water bottle come from? Should I have put that in my mouth? Probably not. Um, and as as student ministries, like with youth groups, I feel like 90% of the games we used to play are canceled now because it's just not safe. I mean, Now, that's probably a good thing. As a youth pastor, I remember playing a game at Cedar Point, which is an amusement park in the States once, where I ended up, as punishment for losing this game, had to lick a three-foot section of a handrail at the amusement park, because that's youth ministry, right? But, um, but it, you know, it's like maybe it's good that those things are not happening anymore, and we've moved on from those. But here's what I want to do, okay? Just, just for a couple of minutes, I'm going to give you like two minutes, and what I want you to do is I'm going to put some discussion questions up on the screen. I want you to turn to the person you're watching with, and you're not going to have enough time to go through all of them, but go through one or two. Maybe talk a little bit about some of these questions. Here's what they are. Um, If you're watching by yourself, by the way, before I introduce them, then just take a moment and just actually reflect on the answers for yourself. Here's what it says. It says, number one, what are some of the things or events you have missed out on because of the pandemic? Number two, what are some of the normal things you miss, like sports games, concerts, or buffet restaurants? I would underline buffet restaurants myself. Um, Or number three, if you look at this season as a pause, are there things you won't start again whenever this ends? And then lastly, what is a common thing you used to do that seems kind of gross now? So go ahead. I'm going to give you like literally two minutes to just reflect on those questions, okay? And, And we'll be right back. All right, so I'm going to just go ahead and bring you back. I know I came in a, 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 a little bit early. You'd be surprised how long two minutes feels when you're standing here. as you're just like, has it been? Has it been? I'm watching the, the time tick down on my watch. Um, you know, it's interesting. I was thinking about student ministry, and, like, probably one of the big changes is uh, a church's pool noodle budget probably quadrupled or maybe 10 times because there's, it's like the safest way to do student ministry, right? You get like a six foot pool noodle and then any game you play with a pool noodle, students are six feet away. So it's safe. I'm like, I should have invested in pool noodles when this, when this kind of went down. If you haven't been a part of a youth ministry or a student program, and that seems like a really weird comment, that's okay. i It's just it's about games, and, and it's fine. Um, glad to have you back with me. I was thinking about this the season we find ourselves in and the situation we find ourselves in, and to be honest, I feel like the book of James is incredibly helpful for us. Um, so while I'm talking, you can go ahead. If you're at home and you're going to pull out your Bible, you go ahead um, and turn to the book of James. Um, You know, recently I was made aware of several young adult groups that were actually just reading through the book of James together as a group. And I'm like, that is an amazing idea. And as a group, uh, or even as a family or people watching, I encourage you, take some time, read through the book of James. And here's what I love about it. So, well, there's a couple of things. So, first off, James was a very popular name around the time of the New Testament. So there was lots of Jameses, kind of like now. There's still lots of Jameses. It's, it's uh, If your name's James, you know, go ahead in the chat, be like, hey, my name is James, or I know a James. If I were to get everybody in the chat to write, hey, do you know it? write down, I know a James. This is my motion for typing, by the way. Um, if I was like, everybody who knows a James, say, I know a James. Almost every one of you would do it because the name is so popular. But tradition holds that this book of the Bible was written by Jesus' brother, which just in and of itself says something. I think to convince your sibling that you're the Messiah is probably Jesus' greatest miracle. I mean, I don't have a brother, but I have two sisters, and I don't think I can convince them that I'm still alive, let alone— uh, No, I'm kidding. That's, that's a joke. If my sisters ever watch this, I'm sorry. I love you both. Um, but it, it's like, to convince your brother that you're the Messiah, that's a pretty pretty big thing. Um, and so, you know, James is writing this letter, and he writes it—this is what I love about it. It's a very practical letter— You see, in in the New Testament times, and and it's still common in in our world today, people spend a lot of time thinking about ideas and concepts, but not actually applying them to their lives. And so James writes this letter as an application, as a like, hey, we need to live it out. We need to actually have action on the things that we're talking about. I was thinking about like, what's an example of this? And it's like these imaginary scenarios that we make in our mind, like, you know, um, could God make a rock that is so big he couldn't lift it? And you can you can wrestle through that. And there's probably, if you Google that, you'll find all kinds of opinions and thoughts. But that doesn't really apply to our lives. Like, I, I love conversations with people. I love difficult conversations where we've gotta work through things as long as it's relevant to your life. I don't wanna debate, you know, what color... Something is, like a dress or something, and they are like, oh, is this blue and white or what? No, I don't, I don't care. But if it's something that you're actually dealing with that's actually practical in your life, I'm incredibly interested. And and really want to talk about that. And and I feel like, you know, we as Christians sometimes, we take these theories and we spend all of our time thinking about the theories. I really appreciated Pastor Call's messages on the Holy Spirit because it's not just the theory of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes into our lives and is part of what we do. And actually, I think applies to what we're talking about here. It's like, or what we're going to be talking about. I'm, I'm taking a long time in my introduction here. But the idea is that it's, he wants it to be about practical things, not just theoretical things. So let's take a look. We're going to look at James chapter one. I'm going to read for you. You're going to see it on screen. It's James chapter one, verses two to four. And if you've been around the church for any length of time, you've probably heard this passage before, but don't tune it out because I think it has stuff that's relevant for us today. Here's what it says. It says, Dear brothers and sisters." When troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. I just love that verse. I love that passage. It's so good for us today. Um, there's a few things that I want to point out in this. I do have to mention, I recently read an article on suffering by John uh, Mark Comer, who is the author of The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And I read an article, and it helped me to shape some of my thoughts on this passage. And so um, I didn't take his and make it into a thing, but but I read that, and that kind of framed my mind, and then I and then I dove into the passage. So I want to give, you know, a little bit of credit that. That way because it was really, really helpful. And if you just Google it, you know, John Mark Comer suffering, you'll find uh, that article and then you'll be like, oh yeah, it is similar, but I didn't copy it, I promise. Anyway, uh, the first thing I wanted to point out, I, 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 as you get to know me, you would know that I like to make silly little jokes as I go and distract myself is kind of my, my thing that's going on in my brain. But anyway, um, we're going to jump right into the message here and actually focus on that. So the first thing I wanted to talk about is in, in verse 2, he says, when troubles come. That's interesting. It doesn't say if troubles come or on the occasional possible chance that a trouble might come your way. No, it's like when troubles come. It's an indication that this is not a possibility. This is And it's not even a probability. This is happening. We are getting troubles. Troubles are coming. And and actually, he even goes on farther to say troubles of any kind, which means, which expands it even further and means there's more than one kind of trouble. Um, another version calls it trials. And it's like when trials of any kind. And it's this idea that, that they will come. We know that in, in John 16, especially if you've been around the church, this is a very you know, regularly quoted verse. It says, here on earth from the words of Jesus, here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. And so we often focus on the fact that Jesus has overcome the world, but we neglect the idea that troubles come that we are going to face difficulties. And the challenge I have is that I honestly believe that our understanding of how suffering, trials, and troubles uh, affect the Christian life will determine the depth of our faith. Because what we run into is people who have not had a situation where they've experienced any trials, and so then they just think, this is my get out of jail free card, or my get out of trouble free card, or no, I'm like, I, I hear Christians all the time, and I'm not, if, if this is you, please don't take this as any offense or any whatever. People talk about this phrase, the favor of God, and, and we do walk in the favor of God, but that doesn't mean we won't ever experience troubles or trials or tribulations. Um, so the first thing we have to do that this verse shows us is that we have to acknowledge troubles are going to come when they come. And then what does James tell us to do? Well, take a look at verse 2. Again, it says, consider it an opportunity. James tells us that we need to consider the trials or troubles an opportunity. Now, I have a hard time with this because I'm like, opportunity? I understand opportunity. Opportunity. I mean I had I had the opportunity to be at Parkway Church today and speak and share and come into your homes like that's an opportunity that's a good thing that's fun that's that's what I want to do I had the opportunity to to um one I had this one time I had this opportunity to watch an OHL game from box seats. I don't know if you're not a sports fan, let me explain it really simple. Box seats are like high enough up that you're kind of looking over the glass, you can see the whole arena, and while you're watching the game, people bring you food. And the like you don't have to pay for it like it's included with the seats like that like yes I will take some chicken wings yes popcorn that would be wonderful that's exactly what I need while watching a hockey game like this is this is an opportunity you know what I mean like this is an opportunity it's something amazing but he's not talking about that kind of opportunity he's looking at struggles and trials and challenges and saying this is also an opportunity Because James is clear, this is an opportunity too. Because how you handle your struggles will have a huge impact on your future faith. Because you're beginning to establish a pattern. Let's set the pandemic, you know, the restrictions and all of that stuff aside. We all face trials and how we handle them affects our future. Every time you lose a job, every time you experience a breakup, every time, you know, a friend moves away, every time, you know, you get cut from the sports team or, you know, every time, you know, your stick breaks during pickup hockey, whatever it is, whatever, there's a million examples like I could go on all day. When these things happen, you're forced to respond. And how you handle the adversity, I believe, not only shows your character, but becomes your character. I'm gonna say that again. How you handle the adversity will not only show your character, but it will become your character. Because too often we get in the habit, we're like, this isn't important, so I'm just gonna, you know, throw a little fit. And and that that creates a pathway, that creates a habit of throwing a fit when things don't go your way. Um, You know, I was thinking about, like, how does this apply in real life? I'm like, maybe, you know, as we're still kind of restricted, we're still kind of locked down, you know, you might say to yourself, you know, maybe maybe you haven't been getting along with your family. Maybe your brother or sister is driving you insane. I speak to students a lot, so that's the go-to. Or maybe you're stuck with your spouse and things are just, there's a little bit of tension there because you're all in the house all the time and you never get to see anybody else and there's just a little bit. Maybe, maybe... If we were to see this as an opportunity, you would say, hey, instead of turning every moment into a fireworks display, let's actually try and figure out how we can connect and how we can grow together so that we actually get along and build that relationship. Or maybe you're selfish. I know. Nobody in Corona is selfish. This is only uh, you know, Sarnia and Petrolia people. No, I'm kidding, if you're from Sarnia and Petrolia, I don't mean you either, but this is only other people. So if you ever meet a selfish person, you can tell them this, okay? But um, you know, it's like, oh, I'm kind of selfish. Well, maybe this pause or this season we're in becomes an opportunity that you can turn and say, how can I help others? How can I serve somebody else? How can I do something that's not self-driven? And the third example I thought of is like, perhaps your life has been too busy to really grow in your faith. I don't have time to, you know, listen to the sermon or I don't have time to read my Bible or I don't have time for this. Well, we've been given a lot more time. We're at home. We're, you know, we're not able to go out. I I, I happened to be out over the last couple days and I saw the lineups at the retail stores and I saw, you know, the amount of people who were standing in line and then you start to think like, okay, if that line is that long, it's probably 15, 20, 30, 40 minutes to get into that store. Hey, we can maybe do something with that 30, 40 minutes. That was literally the reason I didn't go shopping in the last two days because I'm like, I don't want to stand in a line. I got better things to do than stand in a line. No offense to those of you who went shopping. Um, I hope you got what you were looking for. Um, but maybe this is an opportunity. You're like, I haven't had time to grow my relationship with God. Maybe this is an opportunity for you to say, you know what? I can actually spend a little bit more time digging in. I could spend a little bit more time in worship. I could, I could spend a little bit of time reading my Bible. If you, and 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 I would say, if you're watching this and you're not sure how to do that, that's exactly what Pastor Call is here for. That's exactly what your friends and your your community of church is here for us to help you grow. You can begin to dig in because I honestly believe that shifting our perspective on troubles will result in growth. You see, one of the great things about our God is, and, and I would encourage you know, you know, those who are going through difficult times, one of the things I love about our God is that he's in the business of redeeming difficulties That's one of the things, that's like, if God were to put that, make a business card, that's one of the things I think he would put on it. Like, I'm in the business of redeeming difficulties, of turning bad situations into good situations. And so I think we need to get on board with him in that, in that this might be an opportunity for us to, to not just survive, but to actually grow. And and James reinforces this. Take a look at this. Uh, my third and in, in verse 3, James says, For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. I was thinking about this, and I was like, what does endurance mean? We don't talk about endurance. We talk about growth. We talk about, you know, surviving. But we don't talk about endurance. So I actually looked up a definition. Here's what it says. Endurance is the ability to withstand hardship or adversity, especially the ability to sustain a prolonged stressful effort or activity. Is there anything we need right now more than endurance? To, to survive, to, to withstand hardship or adversity, to, to have the ability to sustain a prolonged stressful effort or activity. If, if that's what endurance is, that's what we need. This is what I'm talking about. Too many of us don't go through difficulties, and so then when we do, we cast our faith aside and say, well, God didn't rescue me from the lion's den. Like, like I, I don't like just jumping into an Old Testament Bible story without giving you context, but if, if you've been around the church, you've heard the story of Daniel in the lion's den. God's miracle was in the lion's den. He didn't save him from the lion's den, which would have been what I would do. Quite honestly, if I was God, which is always a dangerous statement, especially when it's me talking, because that would just not be good. But it's like he didn't save him from going into the lion's den. He, he looked after him in there. The trial still came. The challenge still came. The endurance was important. And the truth is that too many of us, like I say, we don't, we don't face enough adversity, and so our faith falls apart. But that's because we don't understand that the testing of our faith is how it grows, I'll use the example of reading i hate reading i know it sounds bad and in my family we have a rule we do not say the word hate but it's the only word that captures my disdain for reading in a way that is is accurate as a child i just couldn't get into it and i didn't learn that the more you read the better you get at it and so I literally, to this day, I was reading to my daughter last night. One of the things that I've been blessed to do over this pandemic and being home more is reading to my daughter every night. And so I was reading, we, were, we actually finished uh, one of the Narnia books, um, which is escaping my brain right now because it's not in my notes. But we were reading one of the Narnia books, and it was the last two chapters. And by the end of the first page, I kid you not, my daughter's excited. She's happy. She's bouncy. She's bouncy. I am literally like starting to slur and fall asleep. Guys, I'm reading because it just puts me to sleep. Now my daughter loves reading. My wife loves reading. When we were first married, there were times I'd wake up at three o'clock in the morning and my wife would be beside me reading a book. I'd be like, what are you doing? She's like, it's just so good. I can't put it down. I'm like, huh? She learned at a young age, both of them learned at a young age that the more you read, the better at reading you get. It's like a skill you develop. You can take that over into sports. You can take it into anything. You don't, you don't become a better runner by resting. You become a better runner by running and by running again and by, and by doing it again. It's like that resiliency, that, that endurance grows as you go through it. And it works like that in our faith. Our endurance grows, but not by being passive. It grows by being active. And so we need to have an active faith to grow. So we're gonna do another, um, another time of discussion questions. So I've got a few more questions for you here. Here's what they sound like, okay? Um, you've already done this, so I don't necessarily have to give you the instructions. It's, how does it make you feel to know that we will all face troubles or trials? Uh, what are some ways that this trial we are all in could be seen as an opportunity? And how could you or a student take advantage of this? Can you think of an example of how someone's faith can grow through adversity. And then the last one, have you ever heard a testimony of someone who went through something difficult but grew closer to God through it? So turn to the person beside you, talk through. I know you're not gonna get through all of them. Pick one or two, try and get through. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. All right, I'm gonna just invite you back here. Um, You know, as we've been reflecting on this, I, I can't help but think the next thing I have to ask is, so what happens? Like, what if we actually understood that A, we will face trials, that they are an opportunity, and that through them, our endurance can grow? What is the result? Well, thankfully, James tells us. If you take a look at verse four, it says, so let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. When he says perfect and complete, he doesn't mean, hey, I am now perfect. I've achieved everything. There is no mistakes. I'm not, there's, shh, I'm perfect. No. What he's talking about here, it's an indication of maturity and a depth to our faith. It's like there is a result that we literally become stronger. We literally become more firm in our foundation of our faith, and then we can actually become, become better on the other side. And I have to tell you, as I look at this pandemic and as I look at this season, these last 15 or so months, I'm beginning to question, am I coming out better than I went in? And what if, what if the Holy Spirit wants to work something in my life during this season? Because I believe when we're forced into a season of pause, the truth is our natural tendency is to say, I don't like this, I don't wanna pause. And I have this conversation with pastors all the time, whether it's you know a season of ministry is coming to an end or a responsibility or a particular program is ending or whatever, You know, we come into this season of pause. I firmly believe that success in that season is understanding what God is trying to do in our hearts and our lives, not that season coming to an end. So if I can explain that again, I believe that success in our faith is understanding what God is trying to do in our hearts and in our lives, not that a season of difficulty comes to an end. Because that's what we all think. Naturally, we go to the season of difficulty is over. I've been successful. I survived. No, I think success is understanding what is it that God's trying to do in here. And, I need, and again, I want to come back. I understand that it's important to note that I don't know your exact circumstances today. I don't know the road that you are facing. But what I do know is that sometimes God wants to do something in your life, and the best way to get you to grow is through a difficulty or a trial. Now, don't take that to the next level. This is that, that head stuff. I'm not saying God caused a pandemic so that you could learn a lesson. I'm not saying that, you know, we're going through the season that we're going through so that you could use a lesson. I come back to what I said earlier, which is the idea that God redeems situations. That he will take the situation we find ourselves and move us forward. Because I actually believe that God wants you. I believe that he wants a closer relationship with you, a stronger relationship. He wants you to draw closer to him. But the thing is that he wants to do something good in your life that may involve redeeming the situation you find yourself in. Like all of you, this past week and in the, in the past couple of weeks, my heart has been broken for the things that have come out, for the things that we're hearing about of our great country and, and our land. And I live in London, Ontario, and, and, and know exactly where this incident happened. And, and I feel such hurt and pain. And I'm not about to stand here and tell you, oh, God caused this so that we could learn. No, I would never tell you that. But what I can tell you is that this these situations have happened and we need to catch what it is that God wants us to do and to respond with and how he wants to grow in us, which ties perfectly back to what Pastor Call was talking about with the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Because as I realized I just told, I just... Told you that I thought that my point tied perfectly. That's like a little bit arrogant. I don't mean it like that. But honestly, we need to catch what God is doing in our lives. I believe by shifting our perspective, we can actually see things God's way and actually begin to move forward. Imagine, imagine if when these things happen and as we look at what's happening in our world right now, instead of having an attitude of oh my goodness they're the worst or this is awful and and I'm just going to go do my own thing instead we actually got the mind of Christ and the heart of Christ for our world what we could actually do if we turned these situations that we're faced with into an opportunity and began to see what God is calling us to and began to respond that way and so here's what I'm going to do I'm going to pray for you and I'm going to close but before I do I have some homework for you because I'm a guest speaker, so I'm allowed to give you homework. And you're all thinking this is awesome. But I honestly, the reason I do the discussion questions is I feel like it's it's important that we take a moment to reflect on what exactly we're hearing so that we can grasp it. I'm gonna get uh, the team to put the questions up, You're not going to have time to discuss these questions, but these are the things. I want you to pull out your phone if you're watching online. Take a picture of these questions. If you're watching on your phone, just do a screenshot um, so that you have time to, and I mean, you can, of course, go back to the Facebook or the YouTube stream and actually see these after they're posted, but I want you to actually take some time to go through these with the people around you. So um, the first question, what stood out to you during this message? Um, It was one of the great questions of understanding what God is speaking to your life is like, what stood out and kind of go from there. Um, What are some reasons we struggle to see trials as an opportunity? How would you share this with someone who is going through a difficult time in order to encourage them? And why do you think having endurance is valuable to our lives? Can you think of another area where you need endurance? Endurance. So as I said at the beginning, it is an absolute honor to be here and I'm so thankful to Parkway to Pastor Call and Pastor Mitch and, and the entire team here today have been wonderful and it's been great to be here with you um, and, and I look forward to a time when we can join together again. Let me just pray for you. God, I thank you so much. I thank you that you are a God who redeems situations that in difficult circumstances, you help us to shift our perspective, that when we face trials, we can consider them an opportunity. And as we do that, we begin to grow in endurance and we actually develop a maturity in our faith. I pray right now, God, that you would take us on that journey, that we would begin to take steps to whatever this looks like in our lives. God, as Pastor Mitch prayed earlier, we ask that you would be with those who are hurting right now. God, I pray that if there's anything I said that, that comes across as anything other than encouraging and strengthening, I pray, God, that, that, you, would, that you would heal that heart, that you would he, speak to that. God, I pray that, that those watching today and those in the room would know the love that you have for them, that you are there to walk us through difficult circumstances. I pray, God, that you would be with us, be with those from Parkway Church. In your mighty name, amen. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Um, if you feel the need to follow up, you can of course reach out to the church. There's, you'll see opportunities, emails and things like that. But we're so glad you joined us and we hope to see you again next week. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. We hope that this message brought you closer with Jesus and gave you a better understanding of your walk with him today. If you would like to know more about who we are as a church, you can visit our website, weareparkway.com. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at parkway.church.